For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The St. Louis Cardinals have signed Matt Carpenter to a one-year deal with the team. What does this mean? The weird comments about leadership. We'll, we'll talk. We'll get into that. And Tommy Edmond officially signed a two-year deal, avoiding arbitration. And are there some Cardinals who still could be traded before opening day? All of that and much, much more on this episode of the Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Okay, let's get right into it. I on January 19th, all right, so it's been a few days. I I've, I've needed a few days to process this signing. And you know, a fan, you know, a casual fan, maybe you all in the audience might look at the Matt Carpenter signing for the St. Louis Cardinals and go, "Oh, that's kind of nice. Uh it's it'll be nice to see Matt Carpenter back at the ballpark and but here's the problem with with Matt Carpenter. Um Matt Carpenter has not been good for a long, long time outside of a, just an insane stretch that he went on with the Yankees in 2022. And if you look at his counting stats from 2022, he had 305. You go, oh my gosh, on base percentage of over 400, 412 on base percentage, OPS over one total, OPS plus off the charts, right? So, you look at those those stats and you go, oh, well, 2022 Matt Carpenter is really, really good. And and maybe just maybe the 38-year-old version of Matt Carpenter can be that. Maybe he can be rejuvenated in St. Louis, right? The problem is uh, there's a, that, that was a very short sample size of 128 at-bats. And Matt Carpenter was a left-handed bat in Yankee Stadium. And there's much more evidence that Matt Carpenter is not very good anymore. Starting back in 2020, Cardinals fans know the struggles that Matt Carpenter had. He only had 169 plate appearances, 186 batting average, 2021, 249 plate appearances, 169 batting average. And last year with the San Diego Padres, 176 batting average, 237 played appearances 188 at bats and it was made very known by John Mosaylock that Matt Carpenter is not going to be playing a lot that one of the primary reasons for this signing was leadership um so I don't know I this one is a head scratcher it really feels to me that the Cardinals once again are leaning on the nostalgia of their team and the history of their franchise, which is great, but it's one of the things that drives me the most insane about the St. Louis Cardinals is that they look backwards instead of looking forwards. Many times they look backwards. Oh, let's bring in Matt Carpenter. Let's, you know, 
let's remind the fans of how great he once was. Maybe he's still got some magic left. And oh, oh, he's a great clubhouse guy. He's a great clubhouse guy. Here are some quotes from John Mosellock. Uh, this I'm re- I'm referencing an article written by John Denton on January 19th, uh, entitled "Cards Reunite with Carpenter on a One Year Deal." Mosellock said, "I feel like last year Goldschmidt and Arnado were left having to pick up a lion's share of the leadership, and being able to spread that around more is important. As we're as we were looking at who this person could be, Carp understands exactly the cardinal way of doing things." And he understands the group of players that we have because he's not that far removed. Looking at our veteran presence now, I think he'll be a great addition from a leadership standpoint. Other quotes. Obviously, he's going to be playing for us, and I can't predict what the world will look like in 2025, but we'll see. Uh, But obviously, he had a pretty robust career when he was with with us prior to this. Talking about, John Mozeliak's talking there about, would Carpenter be back? for 2024 and beyond is he going to retire as a cardinal those comments right there about leadership i mean they on the pitching side think of all the veterans they brought in sonny gray kyle gibson lance lynn they have they already have paul goldschmidt nolan arnado brendan donovan is supposed to be this next great leader of the next wave of cardinals and now they bring in matt carpenter i mean how many leaders do you need in the in the clubhouse how effective is Matt Carpenter going to be as a leader? And I swear I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean here, but how effective is he going to be as a leader if he's hitting 143 and he's only had seven at-bats in the last couple weeks coming off the bench? What is the point of this? Matt Carpenter can play what? Second base? He can play first base? He can maybe play third base? He can DH and that's about it? You're already stocked at second base. Like Brendan Donovan... Nolan Gorman, Tommy Edmond can all play second base. Um, Nolan Gorman can play third. Alec Burleson can play first. To me, it doesn't make much sense signing Matt Carpenter. There's far much more evidence that he's not a very good player anymore. And I'm sorry, like we all remember how great Matt Carpenter was with the Cardinals, but we also need to recognize that over the past four seasons, he's outside of that one stretch with the Yankees, he is struggled to reach a 200 batting average and i know there's some metrics that mosaic pointed out like the bat swing the exit velocity all of all of those things that's nice but like i said we're gonna need to see it on the field and this really feels like a roster spot that should have been occupied by somebody with a little bit more upside than matt carpenter and to talk about the leadership thing it's weird now it's just weird you're telling me Paul Goldschmidt is not a good enough leader in that clubhouse? Nolan Arnado is he not a leader? This what's going on with him? There's a lot of weird vibes coming out of this. This like this must have been one of the worst clubhouses in Major League Baseball. If we got to bring all these leaders in here, I mean, think about uh, Lance Lynn is a is a well known no nonsense guy who is I think great for the Cardinals clubhouse. Uh, despite what you think of him as a pitcher Kyle Gibson by all accounts great clubhouse guy Sonny Gray same story the pitching you know is completely different this year but if if you're telling me that Paul Goldschmidt Nolan Arnato and Brendan Donovan there's been a lot of news and, and noise about how great of a leader Brendan Donovan is why do we why why do you need Matt Carpenter outside of the nostalgia it like 
to me, that's what this is. And I, I, I haven't heard anybody say this, but this is making the those Cardinal fans who love coming to the ballpark, who love Matt Carpenter, they can dust off their Matt Carpenter jersey, put it on one more time, and let's go give Matt Carpenter a standing ovation for his first at-bat. Let's give him a big send-off this year. It's it's the Cardinals playing that hand that they always play, nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. And if, and if you're saying, well, Seth, they haven't really done that much with nostalgia. Well, well out, they brought back Albert Pujols, and that worked really well. Uh, they probably, and, and, and this is probably going to anger some people, they brought back Yachty for year after year after year, and Yachty did not have the best of seasons in his last season as a St. Louis Cardinal. Adam Wainwright brought him back to just a, an, an obscene contract in, in hindsight, $17.5 million to be one of the worst pitchers in Cardinals history during, for, a, for a single season. Right, as much as we love seeing Adam Wainwright get his 200th win, that was a big reason. I mean, that 17 and a half million dollars could have been much better spent on somebody else who could have helped your ball club, right? And I see, and and so like, and you see that, and you're like, well, okay, 17 and a half million, you know, maybe 20 million for Yachty when he signed that big extension. Like, that's a significant amount of the payroll that we're spending on nostalgia and they're not spending much on Matt Carpenter at all. But I think this, I don't know how it makes sense. You mean help, help me understand how it makes sense to bring Matt Carpenter in here, 38 years old. We have Thomas Segesi who can do, who can play second base. We have Victor Scott in the minor leagues who, who would be a much better, more, versatile player for the Cardinals who could play every outfield position and who knows Victor Scott still might get brought up if they do decide to trade Dylan Carlson or Burleson or somebody like that but this doesn't make a ton of sense to me because when are you gonna pinch hit Matt Carpenter like the only time you're gonna hopefully pinch hit uh Matt Carpenter is if you've already used Alec Burleson or Alec Burleson's already playing because if they if they decide to use Matt Carpenter off the bench ahead of Alec Burleson, I might lose my mind. If if that's you know if then we've gone completely crazy with this nostalgia, like oh remember Matt Carpenter back in 2017, right back when he was an All Star in 2016, 2014. Remember those good old days? And I'm not saying like and I'm the mark for this, okay? I am I am I'm not saying I'm completely innocent here because I will probably look forward to as my voice breaks here like I like I haven't gone through puberty I will probably be one of those people who comes to the ballpark and is excited to see Matt Carpenter I'm pro I'll probably be one of those people the problem is is it best for the Cardinals and the answer is no the answer is no. That roster spot would be better served on a younger player with some more upside. Because if we don't, if the Cardinals don't have good leadership with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, two superstars who have a ton of credibility, one of those players is not that far removed from an MVP season. And if Nolan Arenado, who in my mind is still one of the best third basemen in all of baseball, if those guys aren't good leaders which i believe they are by the way and you're bringing in matt carpenter for leadership 
what? Like, how does that make any sense? To me, it has to be the only explanation that I can, that makes sense is this is a signing that it it doesn't cost you anything. Some of the fans are going to go, oh, look, they brought back Matt Carpenter. Yes. Hooray. But it's again, the Cardinals leaning on the past instead of looking to the future, instead of projecting forward. Uh, what what and it, it and honestly it's not as big of a deal as I'm making it out to be because Matt Carpenter is not going to play that much let's be honest and there oh by the way there's a thing called the injured list where we've seen Adam Wainwright go in the past when he's not pitching very well and, and it will probably be a place where Matt Carpenter ends up when he's not hitting very well because he probably won't because there's a lot more evidence of him be, being very very bad over the last four to five seasons, dating back all the way back to, I mean, in 2019, we started to see it tail off when he hit 226. Um, So to me, this is a head scratcher. And uh, again, will it be nice to see Matt Carpenter pinch it every once in a while? Sure. But is it the wisest move for the Cardinals to make? No, because that roster spot should definitely be used or taken up by somebody with much, much more upside than Matt Carpenter. Sorry, Cardinals fans, but I'm not sorry. I believe that's the truth. After the break, after this message from our sponsors, we will uh, talk about Tommy Edmond, the Tommy Edmond extension. We will get into players that still could be traded before opening day and talk about the likelihood of the Cardinals making another big move. All of that and much, much more after this message from our sponsor. We are back on the Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Comment on the show. You can get in touch with the show on Twitter at Believe in St. Louis Cardinals. On Twitter, you can DM that account. Or you could message me directly at Seth underscore D-I-E-W-O-L-D on Twitter. A question for the show. Would love to engage with you, the fans, the best fans in all of baseball. St. Louis Cardinal fans. And speaking of some good news, you know, Matt Carpenter, head-scratching move. But Tommy Edmond, this is not a a head-scratching move to me. Tommy Edmond, the Cardinals avoid arbitration ultimately and do the right thing and sign Tommy Edmond to a two-year deal that's projected to be about $16.5 million. So Tommy Edmond is going to be a Cardinal for the next two years unless he's traded. And Edmond... This is an important signing because and not that the Cardinals were going to lose him because worst case scenario, they would have gone to arbitration. But Edmonds going to be an is, is an important piece of this team because he plays really, really good defense at multiple positions. And he's slated to be the starting center fielder in 2024. Ali Marmol has said this. Uh, John Mosellock has, has hit, said it basically. The Cardinals, it's good news. The Cardinals were able to reach a contract uh, agreement before that January 11th uh, deadline. Um, and Mosellock said, Tommy's strong fundamental play, athleticism, and versatility remain a valuable asset that we view as an important part of our team identity. And, and it's true. I mean, Tommy Edmond, he can play second, short. Uh, he could probably play third base. He could play, if he can play center field, he can play all of the outfield positions. And he's a versatile part of this team that he's a he's a versatile chess piece that you can kind of move wherever you need him to go now is his bat gonna ever be an elite bat probably not it's gonna be average to below average but the defense that he gives you 
is going to make up for that in the long run over the course of 162 games. And, you know, he doesn't, he's not a guy that you can, you need to slate in every day. I mean, you could throw Burleson out there, or Carlson every once in a while, depending on the matchup, depending on how these, these players are hitting. So Tommy Edmond, very happy to see him back with the Cardinals. Glad that they got that done. Um, and Tommy Edmond is somebody like just looking at his stats over the last couple seasons. I mean, he's been pretty consistent. You kind of know what you're going to get from Tommy Edmond. I mean, ever since he became a full-time member of the St. Louis Cardinals in 2021, he hit 262, 11 home runs, 56 RBI, RBIs. Uh, over 300 on base percentage OPS under 700, but it's his OPS has always been pretty low, like around that 700 mark. Um, 2022, he hit 265, 13 home runs, 57 RBIs. Uh, 2023, 248, 13 home runs, 47 RBIs. So you kind of, and he gives you roughly like uh, on average about 550 plate appearances or at bats rather every, every year. Um, actually closer to like 600 plate appearances every year just uh you know judging by the the last three seasons so you kind of know what you're going to get from him he's as consistent a player as you're going to find he gives you some speed he gives you some versatility especially where you can play him and he's going to give you like uh, you know 10 11 12 13 maybe 15 home runs maybe 50 or 60 rbis he's going to hit like 260 250 and he's gonna be he's gonna be okay. Like he's gonna hover around average to slightly below average as a hitter, but that's fine if if he's giving you really, really good defense in the field and he can play multiple positions. And ultimately, let's not rule out the fact that Tommy Edmonds still could be a trade chip for the St. Louis Cardinals, especially if their season doesn't go the way that they plan to go, plan for it to go. I mean, just because he's under a two-year contract, there's gonna be a lot of teams out there that are gonna view Tommy Edmonds' versatility. As a, as a very, very positive thing. And a, they're going to view him as a really good fit for their club, especially potentially as a off-the-bench guy who can play multiple positions. I think he's a super valuable piece that a lot of teams are going to covet. So to rule him out as a potential trade option, I think is a mistake. But for now, you know, he's the starting center fielder for the St. Louis Cardinals. And also, like, if if the Cardinals do, and I'm not, I won't stray away from the main point too much here, but if the Cardinals do end up moving Tommy Edmond or moving Dylan Carlson, watch out for Victor Scott. I mean, Victor Scott ascended very quickly, very, very quickly last season. His, his numbers at double-A were very encouraging. We'll see what he can do at triple-A, assuming he starts there. I, I would assume that's where he is uh, to start the season. He's, he's going to be probably at spring training. He's probably going to get a invite there. I, I don't know why he wouldn't, but... Victor Scott, you know, just some, again, we, we made a video about this it was on the channel, on the YouTube channel. Check it out. Victor Scott, we broke him down. Very exciting prospect and very well could be on his way to having an impact if the Cardinals do decide to move on from Dylan Carlson or Tommy Edmond. If the season isn't going the way the Cardinals want to or that there's a need in the starting pitching department, which could pop up. If, you know, with all these older veteran arms that the Cardinals have, I mean, an injury is bound to happen. You know, Steven Matz has already been dealing with injuries, so you never know what could happen. The point is, we still can't rule out Tommy Edmond as a trade chip, potentially, or a player that could be traded away just because he signed this two-year deal. It doesn't change anything. We, like, we're, like, 
it just locks him in as a Cardinal for the next two years, which is a positive thing because, like I said, Tommy Edmonds, super consistent, really athletic guy, can play multiple positions. This is a good move for the Cardinals, and I'm glad that they got it done. So to end the show, uh, let's have some fun. Again, this is probably not going to happen, but we're going to talk about the three Cardinals that are still most likely to be traded by the by the – by the opening day, if the Cardinals are going to make a move, which I don't know if they will, I don't think that they will, but the three Cardinals that are most likely to be traded by opening day, I think number one has to be Dylan Carlson. And I know that Carlson is playing that fourth outfield role right now, but Dylan Carlson, it just feels like the car. The only reason the Cardinals aren't moving on is because they can't get what they believe Dylan Carlson is worth because his value has plummeted so much. And it's it's a part of the problem that the Cardinals have overvalued their own prospects, and I think that's certainly the case with Dylan Carlson. I'm not re- willing to throw in the towel just yet, because I think he's a super talented dude, but some of the news, especially like if you listen to Bernie Nicholas, kind of concerning that, you know, allegedly or according to some sources that, you know, he's not putting in the time in the weight room and some of this stuff. Again, I, I'm not reporting that. I'm just reporting what I've heard on the radio, articles, people that are there. I'm not saying he's not dedicated. I believe that he is dedicated. But there's no doubt that Dylan Carlson has not lived up to the hype that ultimately, you know, the Cardinals do a great job of like hyping up their own prospects. And you ultimately should because they're with your organization. But there's a difference between doing that and then not moving off of them at the right time. If you know that they're not as good potentially as maybe you think they are. And that tells me that the Cardinals just over the last several seasons, the last couple of years have not done a very good job of in-house evaluating their own prospects and developing their own prospects. And this, you could go all the way back to Steven Piscotty, Randall Gritchick, right as another example of prospects or or guys that were brought in i mean i remember steven piscotti was hitting number three in the lineup for a long time and not quite living up to that hype that he had it's kind of why we had to bring in marcelo zuna to plug that immediate bat hole in the lineup so again the cardinals have not done a good job of developing their own talent Dylan Carlson, I think, is exhibit A of A, the Cardinals overvaluing one of their own, and B, potentially not doing a good enough job developing him along the way. So Dylan Carlson, for all those reasons and more, is likely is one of the most likely Cardinals to be traded by opening day by the deadline. Now, is it going to happen? Probably not. Another strong candidate for a trade might be Matthew Libertor, and on Redbird Rants, they break it down. Uh, like this. I mean, Matt, Matthew Libertor is always going to be known as the guy who was in, in the Randy Rose arena trade. It was, he was the, the, the key piece that we got back and there's a lot of potential for Libertor. But again, I think he's another example of the Cardinals not being able to develop somebody who's, you know, has a lot of potential and in 96 innings in the major leagues, Libertor has a 5.51 ERA and he's walked nearly 10% of the batters that he's faced and his ERA in the minors is below four and he has a strikeout rate of north of 23%. But we have yet to see that translate consistently to the major leagues. And there could be some team out there that views him as a project that they could fix or, 
who knows? Maybe he's an impact arm out of the bullpen for the Cardinals. Maybe one of their starters goes down and the Cardinals need him this year and he pitches good. I mean, that's very possible. But I think Libertor is one of these players that is is likely to be traded because I think another team could view him as very, very valuable as somebody that, that, that they could redeem or a redemption project. And it would return an immediate veteran for the Cardinals that, you know, they could they could use if they're in the playoff hunt. Right. If you know this, this could this is probably a trade that could be made closer to the trade deadline. But I could see Libertor being in a package for a veteran pitcher if a car if the Cardinals make another move by opening day again. Is it likely? No. But again, we're just having some fun here. The next player we're going to talk about is Alec Burleson. I think Alec Burleson is another guy who could be traded. Um, again, it, this is a guy who hasn't quite reached his his full potential as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, he Alec Burleson in 2023 uh, played in just over 100 games, 107 games, 315 at-bats, 244 average, eight home runs, 36 RBIs. So again, OPS under 700. Uh, for a guy who with a little pop to his bat that's those numbers aren't great so this is yet again another uh, you know prospect who's come up to the majors hasn't quite been as successful as you know many people thought he could be still a lot of potential still a lot there to work with I think great guy to have off the bench he can play in the outfield if you need him to he's probably better suited at first base or as as a DH Um, but Alec Burleson again Somebody who hasn't quite lived up to the hype could be in a package. Some team could view him as a redemption, much like Libertor or Dylan Carlson, right? These are the kinds of players that I could see Tampa Bay being interested in or some other savvy franchise to try to rejuvenate their careers. And uh, we'll see. Um, maybe they, maybe these players have a, have a really good 2024 season, and it's a moot point. But these are, those are three players that I think could still be traded as a package, maybe with some prospects by opening day for that starting pitcher, whether that be as as high of a shelf as Dylan Cease, which I don't think is going to happen, by the way, or another veteran pitcher that may come available. You just never know. John Mosellock did say at the winter warmups, as we've said on this channel, that he is not ruling out the possibility of making more moves as we get closer to the season. He said, that could go into you know spring training. It you know could go right up to the opening day. Uh, like moves are still there are still moves to be made, and they, that they are never done, which is true. I think that's something you have to say as a president of baseball operations. But it doesn't make it likely that the Cardinals are going to make significant moves by the MLB opening day. But what do you think? What what do you think the Cardinals are going to do? What do you think they should do? Let me know in the comments. Don't forget to give the podcast a five-star review. Don't forget to like and subscribe the video. My name is Seth Dewald. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast. And until next time, let's go Cardinals. We're getting closer and closer to opening day, closer and closer to pitchers and catchers reporting. I'm getting excited about this season, even though the Cardinals seemingly have Team AARP. I'm joking. Uh, with you know the, the the how many veterans they have, they have so many leaders now. With Matt Carpenter, I mean, if leadership alone could get you to the World Series, the Cardinals would be ranked number one, baby. 
So here we go. Let's go Cardinals, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.